Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 66 of the Unholy Saints podcast. We're unfortunately, we're, we're nursing our wounds again after a, a second successive defeat, which we're going to come on to shortly. But before we do that, just to let everyone know, if you haven't seen already, our current local business sponsor is Coffee by Liverpool. Uh, David MacDonald, who's one of our followers on Twitter, has started the, the company. In the in the first lockdown, um, and he's currently based at, at Witness Market for the time. Obviously, that they're open for before we go back into the second lockdown. But he put he put out a great tweet, uh, tweet on Saturday about if you mentioned the podcast, you get a free cookie with you with your tea or coffee. Which listen, that let's sack a lot of people down. I'm sure we just said off air then people would have been down there in it, like a shot, but he would have uh, basically taken all the cookies and been on left for anyone else. So he he, he thought he thought better of it. And, and stayed away, but get yourselves down there while obviously the market is open before we go into the second lockdown. Give Coffee Bite Liverpool and David a, a follow on Twitter as well. And also our friends over at the, the Bridewell who uh, are open until until Wednesday evening before obviously the second lockdown hits. As we said on Twitter today, we, we are doing our charity T-shirt and all funds will be going towards the shoebox appeal. And uh, that's also... Uh, going to run alongside Everton in the community as well, which is excellent. So, please, if you can do, if you want to buy one of our shirts, either the blue one, which is twenty quid, which is printed, or the embroidered one for eighteen, which is white with the small badge on, please drop us a message, and we're going to we're going to put a bulk order in over the next couple of weeks and and try and get some money across and and bring some joy to the the, the communities that really need it over the course of of the festive season. Um, but but talking of festive seasons, wasn't particularly festive today watching that Everton performance against Newcastle and Phil were joined by, I forgot to mention there in all, in all the, uh, the messages I had, I forgot to mention Phil, Phil Haywood is joining us uh, from home, of course, Ca- Camel Leg coach, Evertonian 
um, travelled everywhere with the Blues filth. I've, I remember seeing that tweet a few months ago with all those tickets, ticket stubs to all the all the away games, which was which is uh, superb. But I'm going to come to you first, Phil, if I can. Watching that game today, I bet you were glad you didn't have to climb all those stairs at St James's Park. Do you know After the first half, I was thinking exactly the same. To be honest, um, I just thought it was. We, we just looked. We ran out of ideas. We just. We just flooded the midfield. It was almost like we set up not to lose, uh, rather than going to wings. I didn't. I didn't think Newcastle were particularly brilliant. Uh, I, I think there were so many misplaced passes from both teams. Um, I just thought, again, to be fair, I thought Southampton, Newcastle, and United would be a very tricky period. But I didn't think it would be the performance wise would be this bad. If I'm honest, yeah. um, I mean, all the talk before the game, um, Lee was obviously. Understandably so, the fact that Jordan Pickford was was dropped to the bench, which was a big talking point. Uh, there was a little rumour about 15 minutes before um, 1 o'clock, before the team was announced, that he wasn't going to be playing. And it seems to be in relation to, obviously, what he's gone through in, in recent weeks. We've touched on it um, in, in great detail last week, especially in regards to the media and, obviously, opposition fans and what's gone on. Um, so, Olsen came in today. So, that was one of the major talking points. But what we saw was Carl setting up with with basically five central midfielders on the pitch and that was staying in itself wasn't it Lee? Totally mate I think Carlo post game would be the first one to probably hold his hands up and say he got it wrong today not only with the starting lineup, but also for me with the subs as well I don't mm. think they were the right subs but we'll come on and touch on that in a second but Phil's right I think Newcastle Hands down, excluding the cup games, are the worst team we've played by a mile this season. Yeah. They they carried no threat really at all today. I I think they would have been quite happy with a point, to be honest. Steve Bruce was waxing lyrical about us before in his press conference about you know how obviously we've addressed you know the issues we had last season in the midfield, and then we've gone and fulfilled that for him and played five of them in one game. Um, but to be honest. Um, just really, really frustrating watching that today. It just felt like deja vu all over again from last season. You know, the way I think the Southampton game last week, you know, not that you can always take a defeat, but you can almost say, look, they deserved that. They outplayed us, you know, they, they were the better side on the day and they deserved to win it as much as it pains me to say that. But today, I think Carlo's almost gone too far the other way to protect against being played through in midfield like Samson did us last week. And he's given Newcastle, for me, far too much respect there. If we'd, if we'd had a go at them like we did, you know, in the last sort of 10, 10, 15 minutes, you know, a little bit more energy in our play, a little bit more urgency in our play, I think, we, I think we'd, have won, we'd have won that game quite comfortably, even without the major players we've had out. Because we were all worried about this. We've all said it between us, haven't we? No Hammers, no Richarlison, no Dina, no Coleman, who's been one of our best players this season. And even go as far as to say no Holgate to no real pace at the back. And that, that's half your team. A lot of teams in the league would struggle, you know, with those sort of players out their side. You know, arguably our best, some of our best players in the team, certainly. Um, and you know, just Hammers being out. I mean, Mike, you and I talked about this the other day. We scored 14 goals before the game today in the Premier League. And Hammers has been involved in 10 of them, you know, contributed to 10 of those in some way or form or another. And, and that just showed today, didn't it? We were just absolutely pedestrian in midfield. It was slow. It was literally almost like, uh, you know, some sort of like pre-season friendly pace to it, like walking football. 
Um, you know, I'm not going to go out and name names. I think everyone had a poor game, really. But, you know, the likes of Delph, he just drives you mad. The guy just walks around just like playing like with no sort of pace. Even when we were 2-0 down, he had a throw in the corner at left back. And we just like took about half an hour to take the throw. Bernard ran to him about five times, asking for it to feet. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, I don't want to go on too much of a rant, but basically in a nutshell, Carlo's got it wrong. Uh, the subs wrong, the starting lineup was wrong. And, you know, we basically just weren't at the races at all. And, and there's no there's no harm, you know, I saw saw people on Twitter um, getting a bit of stick because they said, you know, they thought they thought Carl got it wrong. And listen, managers, managers can get it wrong. Managers can set up and think that the plan that they've got for that game will work. We discussed last week, and I, I think I said, you know, we, we keep on conceding goals, another two again today. And I think it was really important to come away with a clean sheet today. I really did. I thought maybe we might set up, you know, n- not knowing, obviously, there was no, there'd be no Hammers. But we knew there was no Richardson. We knew there was no Luca Dean. Coleman was a doubt as well. Um, so we, you know, we might set up not to concede, maybe. And it, you know, if we nick a goal and get a one 0 win, great. If we come away with a nil nil on the balance of play today, you probably would have taken a nil nil. Um, so managers can get it wrong, but you know, Carlo Ancelotti, as great as he is, and we all love him, it doesn't mean that he's immune from any kind of criticism. And and I think it's important that people realise that just because you know people might say. We think he was wrong today and he should have done this. We've all got our own opinions, but at the end of the day, he's a, a man who's won it all, so I trust him over, over anyone else. We we are we are allowed to say we think he got it wrong, aren't we, Pete? Well, yeah, definitely. Absolutely, and I, I, I agree with Lee. I think he did get it wrong. For me, it's probably the first game I can think of where the lineup just seemed really strange. And I think for me, you know, what kind of message does that... A started lineup and B team team performance sent to the three wingers he had on the bench. You know, like it will be Bernard and especially Anthony Gordon. I thought Anthony Gordon was incredibly unfortunate not to um, to be able to to come on and try and make something happen in that game today. I, I mean, going back to Iwobi, when we spoke last week, I think we were all in agreement he had a terrible first half against Southampton and he he can be a really frustrating player in that you just don't know what version of him you're going to get. But when he came on today, he looked, you know, he looked bright. Obviously, he got the assist for the goal. Um, so it's a really difficult one for me because I think when we all saw the team sheet, we couldn't work out our shape. And I, th- I think when we tried to get out, Delph and Decore almost went into the, the left-back and right-back positions, didn't they? But we were so slow in the transition. Mm-hmm. It was almost minutes sometimes before we get the ball forward to Nkuku uh, or, um, or Kenny. And there just wasn't a lot of quality, I think, on either either flank. And then when we did try to attack with Sigurdsson and Gomez, it was just so narrow through the middle and really easy for Newcastle to defend against. So it was just a really, really puzzling team selection for me. And it, it makes you think, is, is Carlo trying to send a message to certain players to say, look, you know, you need to perform in a certain way or you need to be at a level or you're not going to play? Um or for some reason, did he just get it terribly, terribly wrong? You almost feel like there must be more to it, don't you? Yeah, yeah I agree you, with that. You do in a way, don't you? Yeah, you do. And whether whether is he is he testing players to sort of say, listen, come in and take your chance. I mean, I still a lot of people are feeling the same. I can't understand the Anthony Gordon emission from the side. I really can't. I mean, when you know the obviously you've got you've got no Richards and you've got no Hammers. You, you, if you want someone to try and unlock a defence and you know be be bright, be bold, 
I've I've no no fear, you know, because some players when you know maybe Wobi's got a bit of that Bernard, you know, a bit of criticism over the, over the last say twelve months or so. Maybe they play with a little, with a little bit of fear. Anthony Gordon doesn't listen if he makes a mistake, gives the ball away. He just he just go again and he'll go again and he'll go again. So I can't understand, you know, what's what's happening there. I think it was a uh, Andy El Pivotti said on Twitter before he he feels that Carl doesn't trust. The younger members of this of this of the side, sort of players who are sort of 19, 20, 21, around that kind of age age category. It's it's just the, the players who were say 23 and over. So maybe that's partly to, to do with it. But it was definitely a puzzle, wasn't it, Phil by by Anthony Gordon with what one didn't start for me, but two didn't come on at some point in the second half. Yeah, it, what you boys are saying, I, I agree totally. It, it worries me that there was a stat before the game that Newcastle have had the most shots against them and the least shots. Are, when when you've got uh, Gomez, Allen, Decore, Delph, and there's no creativity there, and like you said, Anthony Gordon, and Anthony Gordon, not not, not many teams know much about him. As poor as it we played last week. He's surely good enough to to cause them problems, and obviously he got the assist today. Uh, and even Bernard, I know I like I want Bernard to do well. He, he just seems he has one good game, a couple of bad. He's inconsistent, but surely those three could have made a difference against a very poor Newcastle side. I, like they play five at the back at home. I, I just I was puzzled to be honest. Puzzled. Yeah, it, it it's a it's a total puzzle. And you know if if we're not going to see Anthony Gordon. Coming in when we've got no Richarlison, no Hammers, and you know not not ahead of of Iwobi who was poor last week in the forty five minutes against Southampton. Bernard who hasn't had the best of times, and Carl doesn't really trust to to start away from home as well. Then there's there's something I missed there. We know he's spoken to the manager in recent weeks, asking what he's got to do to get more game time, and and that's why maybe you know I, th- I think he's shown the right attitude. I think I I want to see young players ask the manager. And show the hungry to play for the side. You know, he got so much game time at the back end of last season, obviously post lockdown, and and you you wonder we had so much game time there. Were they expecting to go out on loan? I just don't know. And the only man you know, the only man who knows is, is Carlo Ancelotti. Um, but it was definitely a puzzle in regard to the formation, the the starting personnel, and obviously the substitutes that were made. But I think what we what we need to touch on, you know. Uh, Quite a few players today, obviously, weren't the races. And what one player in particular who's coming for a lot of stick, Andre Gomez, he wasn't particularly effective again today, unfortunately. But I want I want to draw on if I can do uh, Lee the penalty incident because I know I know you you were quite vocal at the time about this when we were we were speaking. Um, I watch watch obviously we all watched the game watching it. I thought mm, okay, I, I can I can see I can see why it was given. But the more that I watched it, the more I thought. It was a wind up again because we, we were going into into Salah territory for me. What happened um, when they played West Ham um, on was a, on yesterday, wasn't it? Last night, and where you know they feel a bit of contact, and apparently they got the, they got a right to throw themselves on the floor. Now, since obviously the game was finished, Callum Wilson came out and said, oh, "I was being a bit clever there. You know, I was I was basically making him kick me if you like, waiting for any kind of contact." And I was down. And watching the back, listen to what he said. There's no way on this earth that that should be a penalty kick, is it, Lee? It's a disgrace, mate. It's an absolute disgrace. It's a disgrace of a decision. I mean, 
he even used the words at the end. I think his exact words were, were I saw him pulling his leg to kick it and I basically, basically jumped in his way to me. You know what I mean? So, you know, whether you say that's keep play or not, that's basically his way of saying, you know, I basically tried to con the ref there. Because one mm. thing Gomez, if you look at it, it's a poor corner. So it's obviously, you know, he's, try, he's not even beating the near man, a man at the near post. All Gomez has gone to do is swing his left foot at it to clear it. The guy's come on his blind side. And, he's, and the thing is, Gomez has not even followed through either. That's the weird thing. He's almost kind of like being fouled himself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's, he, that's the irony of it. When he blew, I thought he's given a free kick. And he's went, oh, he's given a penalty. And you think, what? How on earth is he given a penalty for that? I mean, it's, you know what I mean? You can't even say it's like mega clumsy because he's not even seen him. You know, he's just gone to swing at it and clear it. And then he's just come out of nowhere. And then Gomez is like, oh, like I said, pulled up because he's, he's, being, he's being kicked himself. It's an absolute... The thing is, everybody watching that game, all Blues watching that game, knew today, as the game wore on, we needed to score first. It was that type of game. You could see the way it was playing out. Like if we scored first, a bit like when United played Newcastle not long ago, it was one all until 10 minutes to go, wasn't it? And then obviously United got another, Newcastle came out and then he got two others in the space of five minutes. And you could just tell it was that type of game. If we scored first, they'd have to come out of their shape and then, you know, we could have picked them off two or three nil then. Mm-hmm. But the fact they got that goal, they had something to hang on to. They just completely dropped, which they were doing pretty much most of the game anyway. And they were just trying to get us on the transition. And, you know, and that second goal... For me, you know, Mina, what are you doing there? You know, in a foot in a foot race with with Ryan Fraser trying to win it in front of him. You know, what are you doing? I mean, he made, he did you know did pretty well to get back to him, and it was you know let's be honest, it was super unlucky that that it's flicked off him straight into Callum Wilson's path. I mean, that guy just scores against us with fun, isn't he? He's like the new Les Ferdinand. But 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 basically, yeah. I mean, and that was game over then. When any chance of getting back into it, then you just felt like that's it now. Uh, and that just, you know, that was just an absolute sickener. And even when, you know, Calvert-Lewin nicked the goal there, you just felt like, can we do what they did to us at Goodison Park? Um, but we just didn't quite have it in us to do it. Um, but yeah, Mike, going back to your original point, I, I just think, yeah, I, I just think it was, it was, it was the wrong, it, it was wrong not playing Gordon. It, the reason why it was the wrong uh, not playing Anthony Gordon is who's the nearest thing we've got to Richarlison that's that direct, and it's probably him in it. Yeah. If we're going, there's no other player I can think of in that team that's as direct as he is, um, as Richarlison is, and it's Anthony Gordon. It's the nearest thing we've got. Obviously, he's not on the same level as Richarlison. We hope he can get to that level, but he is the nearest thing we've got as like for like for him. So it does puzzle me a bit why you know Carlo just didn't put, throw him in there today. Um, and then he brings in Cuckoo off, who I thought did okay. You know, he didn't do too bad. He was kind of isolated. He was almost having to take two people on down that left side. And and play, plays Delph at left back, and just felt what? So you're giving Delph at left back, who's whipping in crosses from seventy yards out, like hitting the middle, hitting the same man every time, wasn't he? I, th- I mean, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on Fabian Delph to be honest with you, because he didn't have the best of games. I'd like, like to single players. I was, I, I really don't, I don't, I don't think it. You know, there's, there's there's any real real point to constantly calling players out. Um, so I won't do. But I was surprised that it, it, it wasn't Conku who went off because if you want someone, you know, when, when you're pushing, even a 2 0 down, obviously we, we got a goal back, which by the way was, was, was a great finish by Calvert Lewin. Exactly what you want a striker to be doing. Doesn't matter what time of the game it is, on the spot yet again, great little finish. 
good, you know, good ball again. You know, a he, he he threatened. He put a great ball through before. That's a Calvert Lewin. He was unlucky with it with a, a quick. Lovely ball. Yeah, that. It was a, lovely. And that, that's for me. That's a Wobi coming inside, making things happen. If he comes in a bit more central, you know, he'll make things happen. He's not a winger. We know that he, he's being asked to do things which which is not his natural game. But we know when he plays centrally, Bernard very very similar. He can do things, and it's Joe got the assist today. I was unlucky earlier on. But, would, you boys, you know, would you boys have played a Wobi centrally today instead of say Sigurdsson? Because I didn't think Sigurdsson should have started today personally. I thought he was dreadful last week. Yeah. He's lucky to start today be, for me. He should be nowhere near the side after last week for me. He, he, he was he was given his chance, and obviously Gomez was taken out, and Sigurdsson came as a side. And, and again, uh, again, you know, we have to discuss these things. If players don't play well, they don't play well. And again, he, you know, he was captain today, but he but he failed for me. So it will be you know play, playing central behind Dominic Calvert Lewin, maybe, uh, be or be or being at the top of a midfield three. Would have been a lot more effective, and at least then Calvert Lee would have had a bit more support around him. Because in, in that first half, I said to, to you, to you lads, didn't I, on, on the uh, on the group chat, his hold up play was excellent. Calvert Lee, his hold up play was very good. First touch was good, chesting the ball down, looking to bring players in. But a lot of the time, there was no one there, there was no support there, and that's where things were falling down. We were so the gap between Calvert Lee and our midfield was, was just too big. Um, but go, going back to the to obviously the, the left back side of things, I was I was massively surprised that that Dell stayed on again. Is it experience over youth? I don't know, but we know what it, you know. Nkunku has shown in in the games he's played in the League Cup. He's got a cracking cross on him. He's got he's got pace. He, he's direct down down the flank. Um, whereas Fabian Dell, ninety nine times out of a hundred, he will turn back and play the ball back, and he did, did the same today. And you know. It's it's the way that it is, but um, it's just it's it's for me. We 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 went back say a few weeks ago when obviously we were unbeaten after the derby. Um, sort of about, about a mentality shift, and have we got a mentality shift? And I think yes, we have got a mentality shift when the right players are on the pitch. I think what we'd be wrong not to mention and not to highlight um, that outside of maybe Liverpool. And Man City, if you're losing four of your guaranteed starting players and all four of them bring a lot to that side in Seamus Coleman, Luca Dean, Richarlison and James Rodriguez, you are, you are going to struggle in the game. It's 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 that straightforward. And, and you know, I'll, I'll come to you, Pete, if I can. We're not immune from that. And we're going to come on to in, in a second to talk about the, the, the lack of squad depth that we've got. But... Any side outside of the you know the top two would struggle when they've got their you know four of their best players not starting that game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I know it's always war after 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 a defeat, and I'm I'm the worst. Listen, I'm the worst Evertonian in the world for sulking after we lose, especially when we lose and play badly. I'm horrendous. It, it messes up my weekend. It leaks into my week, and I'm not right until we win again, or at least we play better. So. You know, I'd be a hypocrite to say don't do it, but <laughs> you, you need to be level about it. You know, Luca Dean, Coleman, it's balance, it's experience, it's quality. Um, Richarlison, again, that that stat speaks for itself. We've not we've not won without him. You know, that shows how massive he is, both in terms of going forward and tracking back for the team and being a team player. Even when he doesn't score or get an assist, he's always important and plays well. Um, 
you know, and, and you know, Lee rattled off the stat about Hammers before. I, I think maybe, I don't know, sort of links with the theme that's come up today. For me, it goes back to that thing about the system. Because, you know, you look at the game against Spurs, we've got, a, we've got this 4-3-3, we're balanced, we're knocking it around. Uh, you know, we've got threats from both wings. And today, rather than bring players into to keep the system and keep like you know what what should be our sort of developing identity, he's changed it, and that for me is the thing that's thrown me a little bit um, because I think you look at the, you know the top teams in the Premier League, even you like you know Leicester, Wolves, yes City, yes Liverpool, but you know Arsenal, Chelsea, they've all got an identity, and if if, if top players are missing, players come in to fill the same role and they play the same way. Uh, and I know we're going to come on to talk about United in a little bit, but I think that's the big similarity for me between Everton and United this season. They can be sublime one week and look amazing and play teams off the park, but they don't seem to know the right, you know, the right system. They seem to be in a, a sort of an identity transition. So they're either on it or they're awful. Um, I, I mean, I watched the Arsenal game earlier with, with United and I thought they were absolutely terrible and they just look lost. I think that's how we look today against Newcastle. So that's I think that's the puzzle that Carlo's got to solve, regardless of the the big players that are missing or not. Do we keep the identity when big players are out the team? Do you think he got spooked there, Pete? Because like last week he's tried to and he and, and he's tried to do that. Southampton and got exposed, you know, because they beat us pretty comfortably in the end. Do you think he's then gone, all oh, right, okay, a bit like what Mike said before, kind of like, let's just set up today and just kind of go, look. Let's just you know nip, take a clean sheet. And to be honest, if it wasn't for that pen, I think we probably would have got that clean sheet. By the way, then take take the clean sheet and just try and, and back us back us. You know we've got enough quality still in that team to still beat these maybe one or two nil. That, that's the only way I can make sense of it. That if you look yeah. at the you know the teams that Carlo Ancelotti's managed and the players that he's worked with, you know does he look at our side without Richarlison, James, Luca Dean, and think? We can't play four three three. And well, Phil, Phil, what are you going to say? Do you, do you think it's? Do you think it's a, uh, like we were saying before? It's like a trust issue. Like he, I think he set up today not to get beat, and I think we look terrible when we go behind. We don't look like we can turn the game on its head. We don't look. You know, Newcastle set up their team. Come on, come and break us down. It was just sideways passes, slow. And I think he knows his starting eleven, and I just don't think he trusts I Gordon, Iwobi, Bernard. We all know this, but it's worrying that I think the manager can't get a tune out of them. Um, and to concede five goals against a Southampton and Newcastle, and I know big players miss, and I understand that, but you've still got your two centre halves. You've still got a bundle of midfielders. And you still have Calvert Lewin, and it's it's still a worry that you know I just don't think he trusts certain players, and he mess. It was too many changes, wasn't it? And obviously they had to be made, but it's almost like he set up to today. Um, don't get beat, kind of thing, because the, the formations from Southampton to Newcastle totally different. It's like they've only trained on that for a week or so. I, I don't know. That's the worry. I, th- I think I think sides have got to be flexible, haven't they? I think obviously we talk about sides having an identity, but Carlo has always said, hasn't he? He, yeah. he wants he wants sides to be, or our side to be able to play a variety of ways, and if that means changing formation, for example, going to the extreme four or five times during one game, then that's what our side needs to be good enough to be able to do. 
But I think I think you're totally right there. What you say, Phil, in terms of the the trust aspect, it it goes a bit further than you know maybe not trusting the the younger players, say sub twenty or 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 you know is it is it players who are on the fringes of the squad? Is it players who who likes of hard? Um, even to to you know a lesser extent, the likes of your your Gomez, Delph, Sigerson. I don't know. I know are they are they good enough for that? For that side now, that's the question that we've we've got to answer, and I think um, it moves us nicely forward to to obviously what we want what we want to discuss, and that is the squad depth. But before we do that, I think we what we need to mention is the man who came in today in between the sticks, uh, Robin Olsen, had a very very good game. So despite scoring two, nothing to do with him. Obviously, penalty he, he couldn't get anywhere near, and he could do not with the second goal, um, but. He made he made a couple of cracking saves in that game, and more importantly for me, he commanded the area, and I think that's important. Carlos he's a big lad, isn't he? He's a big lad. Six five, isn't he? He's, he's a big unit. He's, he's what? The mountain. <laughs> well, but, you but know, the thing, I, is, the thing I, is, he's coming for crosses, Mike. You know, one thing that Jordan you criticise him for, you know, having someone that came for a couple of crosses today just instantly makes you feel at ease, doesn't it? Whenever I feel there's even a little floated ball in our six-yard box, I just feel like, oh, you know, Jordan, you know, you just, you just, you, you, you tense up a little bit, don't you? You get a little mm. bit of sort of anxiety over because you know he's kind of like, you know, he's not really that type of keeper, is he? Where he comes out and barges five players out of the way and grabs the ball, is he? This fella mm. today, obviously, just being bigger in stature, instantly, if you're a centre half and he's coming in behind you, you probably feel more secure on a cross, wouldn't you? And, and, I, and I think probably already. Sorry, Phil. No, I was going to say just on on the keeper. I thought again, like you said there, Mike. He, he was. I thought he was outstanding. Thought he was um, very commanding, very vocal as well. Uh, made some good saves when needed. But what did you think of the comments um, about? You know, I I personally didn't think he Ancelotti thought he would do too much today. The way Newcastle don't um, attack that much shots. And it's almost like it's bit him on the backside because he probably all man the match in 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 a, in a way as well um, in how well he played, um, and then to say Jordan was just rested and he'll definitely be playing next week. I, I thought that was quite strange. Well, that, well that's it. If, if anything, it puts a bit more pressure on Pickford, doesn't it? Because yeah. if he comes back in and makes a mistake now, everyone's going to be saying, oh, "Get Olsen in, get Olsen yeah. in. That's mm. it. Get him out. Drop him." Mm. Well, I don't, yeah. be, don't be surprised if he plays Olsen though now. On the back of that, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know, you know. I, th- I think, I think, and Carl's not daft. And when, when he comes up before a game and specifically says, basically, no matter what he does today, he can say five penalties. It's like Jordan Pickford's back between the sticks against Man United. I think what what he's trying to do there is one, he, he's trying to take the, a sort of a bit of pressure off Pickford because of what's gone on over the last two or three weeks. Trying to give him that bit of time to get his head sorted, etc. But what he's what he's saying is, I got complete faith in you as my number one. So regardless of what this lad does today, you're my number one. Big game against United next weekend. You're back between the sticks. However, what it will do is, if Pickford then makes a mistake against United, if if then he thinks, but the eldest kids play well today, you know we've got a bit of pressure now. If he can't handle the pressure now of having a number two who who can actually compete with him, no one not like a um, a layers or not like a, a Java Virginia who's obviously a bit younger, not like a, a the, the hologram Martin Stecklenberg. 
not on nothing like that. He's got someone who's capable behind him now. And he's seen that today. The, the, the lad did really, really well. So now, if Pickford now can't handle the pressure of having a, a number two who could take his position, then he'll be out. And we'll see that against United. So I fully expect Jordan Pickford to be on the side against United. I really do. And But I've also seen, uh, I think, the S put on Twitter just then. You know, Alisson's shown today that he's, he is more than capable. So Jordan Pickford needs to be given the time. If he needs more than, say, a week off from, from not playing because of, obviously, what his family have gone through since the derby, um, then give him that. Give him two weeks. Give him three weeks. You know, if he needs a little bit of time away, then we've got to keep it there. You can do a job. So it's not, not no problem. So there's that side to take into account. But if Pickford is right in terms of mentally, then he's back on the side against United because that's what Carlo was saying to me. I'd trust you. But make no mistake, this kid behind you can take your place because he's showing it today. And that's fine. And that's that, that's how that's how it should be. You know, um, and we're going to talk about squad death now, but that position there for me, it's good to see a goalkeeper who's come in and has done a job and you think, yeah, if you if you start a game. I've got full faith in you, and that's exactly what we need as as a, as a fan base as well. But you know, we, if we if we pick up then the discussion in regard to, to squad depth, we the last two games have shown and have highlighted more than ever how much we 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 do lack in terms of backup in in certain positions. You know, we we said that the last couple of weeks we thought we had a great transfer window. We can't deny it; the window was really good. We we, we couldn't exempt of the names that came in, uh, the quality that we've got. But there's still that little bit of, of doubt in terms of when we have got these injuries and suspensions to key players, you know, top, top class players as well, by the way, then we do struggle. And, and it, you know, we, we look at the names, John Joe Kenny, we'd said obviously during the game, maybe we've seen his level. You know, he's, he's not at the level of Seamus Coleman, even Seamus Coleman's age, he's nowhere near that particular level. Right back cover was important. We, we look at Dallow, who's gone to AC Milan, looks great. You know, and United wouldn't wouldn't sell him or loan him to us because he's they see us as a as a rival. But the likes of say Iwobi, um, the likes of, of Delph, maybe Tom Davis, who we, we haven't really seen as well. Um, even to it to a certain extent, looking to say Yerry Mina, you know, but my 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 two center halves at the moment if, if fully fit are Mason Holgate and Michael Keane. That no no one would move them for me. Well, go without so, saying, mate, that. I mean, Mina's at fault for the goal today and at fault for the goal against Liverpool. You know what I mean? But, he's at fault for both those goals. But despite his price tag, you know, and it wasn't, he wasn't cheap, he doesn't fill me with, with, with a lot of confidence with, with outside, obviously, again, straight, straight to him. I think he has some really good games and we say it when he does and we'll say it when he doesn't. But um, is it a concern, Lee, for you in terms of our ambitions for this season when you look at the Southampton game and the Newcastle game, is it a concern that we maybe cannot put up a fight for the top six because we haven't got players who can come off the bench or, or come into the side through injuries and suspensions and go in and do a capable job? It's a worry now on the back of those two results, definitely. And it's a worry. You know, What's quite a common theme I'm noticing with pundits now is kind of pretty much what we've been saying, and us as fans as well, you know, because we see the team obviously week in, week out. That first eleven now, Everton's first eleven that we pretty much put on the pitch bar, say Holgate against Spurs, they will give any team in that division a game. You know, we've already proven it with Liverpool, and, and to be honest, that wasn't you know uh, our best performance of the season at all uh, in that game either. But that we will give anyone a game with that first eleven, I think. 
So for us as fans now, we're starting to see, we start, the reason we're getting excited, yeah, we've started the season great, yeah, we've played some good footy, but we can start to see now, actually, look, Carlo's now putting the pieces of the jigsaw together. We're starting to see those pieces coming together. You know, he, the key word that we've been using a lot on this podcast is balance. The team looked really well balanced, particularly in that Spurs game. And that's great. And that, that's, that's what we want. But when suddenly a few of them have fallen away, and as we've mentioned before, key people have fallen away, the people that are stepping up into that are just not showing it enough. They're not showing it enough at all. Now, hopefully, you know, Carlo can, you know, he's not stupid and we've seen that already. They can see those little issues. You know, we've been linked with Isco this week. I mean, you put Isco in that team. Imagine that midfield there. You get Isco, you get Isco up and running and fit. You got Hammers on the right, Richarlison off the left, Isco ahead of uh, Allen and Decore. I mean, come on. I mean, that that that's that's some that's some team there. That's goals. It's just goals there, right there. So I think that's what we need to do. We probably need to go away and and just, you know, hopefully now after this window, just sign two or three, just two or three, just to fill those slots. We definitely need to upgrade at right back. And that's no shame with John Joe Kenny. I just don't think he's good enough. I think we all, we pretty much most Evertonians would agree with that. We didn't replace Walcott on a right wing. Uh, I mentioned to you the other day, Mike, you know, the lad that went to Leicester, I think he's gone on loan under from Roma. I'd have had him all day. I had him all day. I know he set Vardy's goal up the other day. I think you'll see some good things from him this season. He's rapid. He's obviously got ability. He's one of the best players in Serie A last season. He would have been a great replacement if he'd have got someone like him. And then, you know, just take that little bit of pressure off the guile of Hamid. So if we did have, like I said before, like Inisco, in and around the box, sliding little passes in for Calvert-Lewin, again, that just disperses the threat, doesn't it? it disperses the threat. Other teams then are not worried about Hamid, they're not worried about Richarlison, we've got someone else who's just... Put... And that's that's how we'll destroy teams then, if we have got that sort of creativity. But it does worry me now, on the back of those two results, that we lose this momentum you know, going into that international break, we were full of confidence. The momentum was flying. It just hit us at the wrong time. We got a point against Liverpool. We didn't play great. We've lost against Lampton. We didn't turn up. And today we've lost again. That, that's a massive momentum killer now going to United. You know, hopefully we can try and get them on a bad day. But I know Pete said they've been inconsistent and they, they weren't especially great today. But I thought Arsenal made them look a bit ordinary. But they had a great win in the week against an unbeaten Leipzig team. So it won't be an easy game for us at all, you know. But if we can get something from that game, maybe we can restart the momentum again after the international break. But that international, that first international break, has, has absolutely killed us, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it hasn't, and I think momentum is is a massive thing in football. I think if you if you can sort of have say a run of ten games, and if, if you know the way we started the season, if we should, would have kept on playing, I'm sure that we would have obviously picked up a, definitely a few more points along the way there in those. Those games, obviously Liverpool, Southampton, and and Newcastle as well. Um, but for for me, it is a concern in terms of. I think I said this at the back end of last season as well. Um, if Carlo can't get a tune out to certain players, then there's something not right because you should be coming to work each day, realizing how lucky you are to to be playing one for our club, but two for one of the the, the world's greatest managers. In my opinion, he's won it all. You know, wanting to learn, and when you get your chance, you want to show the manager exactly why you should be getting your chance and why you should be starting ahead of these players who who you are replacing. So the biggest biggest concern for me, because I think with some of the players, I think that the ability is there. I, I think just sometimes that um, some maybe do get get a, get a bit too comfortable. 
Um, I think Awobi, the, the abilities there, out of position, doesn't help. But he does show in patches what, what, what he can do. We've seen Bernard in, in this first season. We, I, thought, I thought he was exceptional with Luca Dean on that left-hand side. We were saying, I remember, about, you know, is, it, is this a new Leighton Bain, Stephen P in our left-hand side that we've, we've been crying out for for, for years? Um, so it's a concern for me in regards to maybe some of the players' attitudes, but there's definitely an element there for me where, um, where the players who are on the bench, when they're getting brought on, you, you know you know in the back of your mind that these aren't going to change the game in our favour. You know, if we're, if we're chasing the game, I can't see them doing anything there to, to get us... Uh, it was back in the game, you know. Even, you know when it went to when it went to one 0 today, you mentioned before before Phil about you, you think you know attitude again. Are we going to come back and, and get anything from this game? Is it is a game over? You know, with with the the players that are on the pitch, and that that that's a concern for me. But you know, what what what, what do you think? What do you think, Pete? In in regard to in regard to that, because are you? Are you thinking, you know, do we need two or three more? Do we do we need four or five more to make that that squad more competitive? Because you know, the, the starting eleven that we've got our best eleven, which we've seen at, at the start of the season, and then you can argue we've got youngsters there. The, obviously, the likes of Anthony Gordon, we know can do a job. Um, obviously, off off the bench, we've got we brought in Godfrey as well. We've got Brantwaite, people like that. There's maybe 14, 15 players, and you think, okay, we're fine. Is it more than? Two or three more that we need to get the squad being being really competitive. I mean, I, I think I, I sort of agree with what you were saying. Really, I, I think it's hard to judge this early in the season, and I think we've got to be careful about not putting loads of pressure on January because, like we found out over the past, you know, two or three years, the January window is very different now. Not a lot of business happens, or if it does, you know, it's very very carefully thought about. It's often not a big signing. You know, it might be a young player or, you know, someone that in terms of, um, you know, squad development, that kind of thing. So I, I think that, you know, I'm trying not to be reactionary or, or too over the top. But that, that again, for me, is the big worry today. When you look at the players on the bench that didn't come in to replace, the, you know, the, the players who, are, who would normally fill those positions. Um, and they're not really getting the opportunity again, particularly Anthony Gordon. So I'm hoping today's a blip. Um and that we can see more of those players actually being utilised in the squad and developed because, I mean, whether there's players there or not who are good enough to be in Everton longer term, I think is one thing. But are they good enough to come on and give Newcastle a, a difficult time? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's room for improvement, I think, with the people that we've got. And I think we've got to be careful about not, you know, not writing players off. You know, or Bernardi's not good enough. Iwobi's not good enough. Um, I know we all said it today, maybe John Joe Kenny has found his level, but he's going to be with us for the rest of the season. So let's see what he can do. And yeah. Do you, do you agree with that, Phil? Do you, do you think it's a mixture of maybe attitude and ability, or, or is it solely these players just, just aren't good enough? I, I think it's hard, isn't it? It's like um, before uh, was it Southampton, uh, Bernard hadn't had a minute of Premier League football. Um, and he came on. Awobi hadn't been used much. Obviously, Tom Davis hasn't been used much. Um, and then, like today, obviously, we've had forced changes. We've had, obviously, the two full-backs, the goalkeeper. We've had Delph in there as well. So Sometimes too many changes um, can be a problem. Um, I, I just think... I thought the Carabao Cup helped 
very early on. Uh, we had our, the Tottenham game, and then we had two really nice games um, in the Carabao Cup, which we used those players. Obviously, Moise Keane was one of those as well. And it was good because we keeping people fit because of the pre-season and things like that. But obviously, when you keep winning West Broms and Brightons and things like that, and these players aren't getting on, it's almost like, well, I'm not going to be playing anyway kind of thing. Um it, it's very difficult. It seemed like today seemed a lot like last year, which was scary. Um, again, I hope it is a blip. Um, obviously, we're very lucky with the Jordan Henderson goal that never went in, but that could have been three defeats. Um, and and that's, that's just a little comment. We didn't play well that game really either. So it is a worry the players who do come in. It's a, it's the lack of cre- creativity. If, if Calvert-Lewin doesn't score, who does? Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 my favourite player is the, I like the core right? since he's coming. I do like him, and I, I thought he played unselfishly today. He's very much on the right, right back position, obviously with the system. Um, I love the way he drives the ball. I love the way. I think there was one where he, he, <coughs> excuse me, first half he went all the way back and tracked back. Um, I, I like him, but it stifled him today as well, and you know. There was a few times Sigurdsson shot from distance. Quite, he could have. There was a pass on. It was another sideways pass. I don't mind him shooting from there. He's, try, he's trying, but if if Calvert Lewin doesn't score at this early stage of the season, who does with the injuries that we've had? Obviously, Coleman assists. Luca Dean scores assists. Hammer Rodriguez with Charleston. That's me. Me worry the players coming in, um, but it was very much too similar for me uh, today. I think the, the thing is for me, the biggest indicator for me, right, is is when we had these new boys, we signed them and we were all thinking, we were all dead excited at the start of the season, when we're going to see him, when we're going to see him. The biggest indicator was me, for me, Carlo threw them all in, didn't he? Yeah. What does that say? What does that say yeah. straight away? He played all of them in one game. That's almost like an up yours to the rest of them saying, yeah. I don't think you're good enough. I don't think you're good enough. And and and, and let's be honest, they're not his players. Mm-hmm. Sigurdsson's not his player. You know what I mean? Awobi wasn't his signing. Do you know what I mean? Okay, look, he will go on and mould this team, and we know he will. You know, and the signings they've brought in, look, they look like they're going to be a really good fit. But that was for me the biggest indicator that Carlos just said, "I don't think you lot are good enough." And then, lo and behold, obviously, you know, I want to mention Richarlison quickly here in terms of squad depth. He's been fantastic for us, and like Pete said, he's he's grown as a player, and and, and the stat that we haven't won without him is is, is a damning one. But I'm going to have a little dig at him here. And I'm, I'm fuming at him that he got sent off in that game in the 89th minute. I am fuming at him because he didn't need to go in for that tackle. The, the whistle had gone. Okay, he may have committed himself slightly before it. But it's the 89th minute. You know, we're probably going to take a point in that game. And that point, it nearly cost us all three that because obviously the VAR save is in the end. But he didn't need to go in for that tackle. He just didn't need to because Richarlison in the game against Southampton down that side, we may have got something from it. Richarlison in the game today, we would have 100%, I think, got something from that game. Because he, he's, he's, you know, you just said it yourself there, Phil. Who scores other than Calvert-Lewin at the minute? And Richarlison has got goals in him. You know, he has got goals in him. He, he would occupy almost that left-hand side on his own. You know, his defensive work rate is phenomenal. Um, and it's just that, that sending off, you know, that's really killed us, I think, in both these games. Certainly the last two games, definitely. I, th- I think he'll be reflecting on that, Richardson, and I think he's got to. You know, we, we I think we we touched on it last week, and he he's such an important player to us both in the attacking sense and defensively as well. You know, when you need someone to, if they showed it in the derby, there was one point um, where he, he sprints back from Liverpool's half to, to basically cover 
Uh, I think it was Seamus Coleman at right back, and you know, it uh, could have even been Godfrey at the time. Godfrey had come on, but but who was there? Richarlison in the right back position, nipping in, taking the ball away from the Liverpool attacker, and it's so important. And he's and he's got to reflect on it, and he's he's got to think. Listen, you know, I am important to this side, and and these little decisions that he makes and these little rash judgments that he makes because he plays. He's so he plays on the edge for me at times. He's quite an emotional player, and he sulks a little bit. And you know, we we know in his first season with us, especially, he was singled out. And how many times would would you commentators say he goes down too easy and this and that? But he was picked on. He was, you know, quite often he was doubled up on because he was such a danger for us. And you know, sometimes he he take that uh, and basically use it against himself and and get silly bookings. And obviously, we, we saw the red card against against Liverpool as well. And he just needs to take that out of his game and and use the emotion emotional side as a positive. And, and turn that into into goals and the will to win, etc. So I'm with you, Lee. Yeah, you know, he, he's so important. And in either of these these two games, Southampton and Newcastle, he makes a difference, doesn't he? You know, Calvert Lewin say to me, he's got support alongside him, which, which obviously you need. You can't do it all on his own. Um, and it's another threat because Newcastle was have sat there today. And I think I said to you on the phone before, Lee, I think that in, in a sense, when they obviously they see they, we've got no Luca Dean. We've got no Hammers, we've got no Richarlison. So three of our most creative players aren't playing. Um, no Seamus Coleman, so he's a threat on the right hand side as well. Obviously, with overlapping runs, I think the, the respect there for the Everton starting eleven went a little bit. Now, obviously, you said the, the Newcastle still played played a particular way where, where they were hard to beat, you know. But I think if if we start with with those those four players, we would we would have totally bossed that game. And they would have sat even deeper, and they would have literally just wanted a nil-nil draw. That's my opinion. But but they, they played a little bit more expansive because of who was in our starting eleven, and that's how important these players are uh, to us. So I, I, I still think they were ultra negative, mate. Sorry to interject. I, I still think they were really negative. I listened to I listened to a uh, um, a podcast. I can't remember which one it was the other day, but they were prelim and they had a Newcastle fan on talking about their team, and they mm. were so so negative about Steve Bruce. The, the guy was almost like suicidal going, to be honest, yeah, until we get rid of Bruce and we get this investment, I just, I'm, I'm I'm almost like non-plus with this team. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we just were so, you know, okay, we beat Burnley, they scored three against Burnley, but he said that was an anomaly. So we, we've just set up not to lose in pretty much every game this season. And I, you know, t- just to slightly disagree with you, I, I, don't, I don't think they were that expansive at all. I think they would have taken a nil-nil against us today. Uh, they got the pen and obviously that was something, like I said, for them to hold on to, but I just didn't think any stage, other than when they had that break, when we should have brought out the Almiron down. You know, Gomez should have took him down and took a took a took a yellow there. I can't really. I didn't think. I didn't ever feel they were going to score against this. I didn't ever feel they were going to score. Okay, yeah, look, he's made a good save from point blank from Longstaff, but we were still reeling from the penalty, weren't we? You know what I mean? And I think, other than that, I, 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 just, I just never felt that they were a real threat. So it was just, it, it's just all all the more frustrating. I don't that think they were, they were as big a threat as Southampton posed. Obviously, to have Southampton are a much better side, they settle, uh, you know, much, much more attacking. And I, for me, they play some good football and they, they've got a decent mind you there. Um, but I think I said this before the game the pace of Newcastle is always going to be a threat. And, you know, that's obviously Sam Maximan. Wilson always does his damage as he did again today. Fraser off the bench. 
uh, is Al, Al Moran as well on the uh, on the other side. They had they had pace to burn, and that was my concern. You know the fact that okay, we we had we had less in terms of you know, um, and Conku's quite is is quick, he's powerful, but that midfield hasn't got legs to to cover that kind of speed. The two centre halves are slow, so I I just think that the I think they would have been even more negative if obviously I know you said they were ultra negative. They would have been ultra ultra negative for me. If we had our best play, our best players on the pitch today, um, and it, 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 that's a bit of a sort of damning indictment, really, of where, of where we are in terms of the, the squad depth and the, the players who who came in to, to replace those who were absent today are not on that level. And it, it is hard to find, of course, players of there's players of say a Richardson level or a Hammers level want to be playing week in week out. So to get players like that who can come in and be pretty seamless to the side. You know, both the quite happy to sit on the bench a few and far between. But, you know, the better sides play enough games to keep those kind of players satisfied. And that's where we where we need to be. So there's still a lot, a lot of work to be done, most definitely, in terms of the squad uh, and getting a squad that is is capable of replacing one another when we've got injuries and when we've got suspensions. Um, so where to be done is, for sure. It, I'm, I'm sure we all agree with this. If we've got a fu- fully fit eleven there, like Dean is playing, Hammers is playing, Richarlison's playing, he plays four three three. We win that game easily, don't we? 100%. We win that game, win that game yeah. easy. Yeah, and it's the same with Southampton. Southampton game, I think we win that game as well. You know, that, that's how important these players are to that side. But you know, and we said it, no other side really outside of it, the, the top two could really deal with losing four or five of their top, top best players you need to rely on, especially for creativity. Sides can't do it. And we're in that boat. And and to progress, we've got to get more competitive throughout the squad. And it'll come. But again, you can't fix it in that one window. We've said it time and again. You can't fix it in a window. So let's see what happens in January. Let's see if Isco comes in. Um, and let's see where we go in the summer again. The, well, no Richarlison, no Hammers is like, Probably akin to probably Liverpool, no Salah, no Mane, in it. Really, 100%. yeah. Both, both yeah. of them play in a similar position. I'd I'd go as far as to say that. Um, and you take that Salah and Mane out of that attack, and then all of a sudden their goals goal threat drives up completely, doesn't it? Yeah, because I mean, your cards go. But he's, he's a defensive he's the striker, best, mate. He is. Defensive he's the best defensive striker in the world. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. <laughs> what 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 a point to finish the section on. Um, but let's <laughs> let's let's move forward anyway, and, and, and look ahead to, to obviously United uh, our, our next game. up. we've seen United play Arsenal and and lose lose one nil. Um, so inconsistent. United have gone to PSG and won. United have be, beaten Leipzig uh, comfortably. They've had some some really good good wins over the last couple of weeks. United and, and one week they looked great, and you said before, Peter, you know they're quite an inconsistent side as a we. Uh, maybe at the moment, but they've definitely got players there who who deserve respect and who, who can hear us. And and that's going to be one one real tough game, isn't it? Pete on the uh, is, is it the early game? Early game Saturday, isn't it? United. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it definitely is. I, I mean, you look you look at the first team, or you look at the team sheet. You know, Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, Martial, Rashford. They've got such quality. Um, Wan Bissaka, massive fan of his as well. I think the centre half's a bit flaky. I think Harry Maguire's lost his head a little bit, hasn't he? Um, end of last season, start of this season. Never been that enamoured with Lindelof. I think he's average. Um, 
Luke Shaw, I'm not quite sure how, how he's still playing, but they've signed that uh, Tellers, haven't they? That the, the, the trying to mould into that position. But it, it all depends on what United turn turn up. Um, and for me, Solskjaer, he just doesn't know how to find the right system. And I suppose you could make arguments that he's trying to mould players, um, you know, fit the system around the players rather than, uh, you know, playing the right system for the for the team. <sighs> It's just so hard to call because you don't know what version of Everton are going to turn up either <laughs> or what system we'll play. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's so, so hard to call. I mean, you just hope that the last two performances are enough to make something happen behind the scenes uh, and for players to take stock and, you know, for people to sort of evaluate the positions and the opportunity they've got, you know, for us to set up positively against United rather than, yeah, looking to try and stop them. I mean, we, we should we should see. Obviously, Luca Dean will be back in. His, his one game suspension uh, for for running um, is is going to be up. So he, he's going to be back in against against United. Um, obviously, the chances are Hamez with his his testicle injury, which was which was released this week, a, a bizarre one. Um, that's that's um, he's going to be back in, which which is which is great for us. Hopefully, uh, Coleman. I can't. I probably can't see. I don't think you want to be rushing, rushing Coleman back in too soon with any kind of hamstring niggle. So we, we you know, t- two of the four should be back in to that to that side, which makes us definitely a bit more balanced. Um, senior personnel coming back in. But what, what, do you, what do you think, Phil? Do you think you know having those two players back in the side is going to be enough against? I, I think almost it's a. I think it's a decent United side. I really do. I don't think they get the respect maybe that they that they deserve. You know, we we like 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 Peter already alluded to, and like we've said, they are inconsistent. But you've got, you've got some re- real quality young talent there, haven't they? United at the moment. Yeah, I think this this season. It, I don't think they've won at Old Trafford. I don't think this year. I think the the better performance are away from home, and like you said. You know, they're more than capable of coming to Goodison and winning two or three, aren't they? You know, or on the flip, they can get beat two or three. You just don't know what United you're going to get. Very inconsistent. Um, but on your point there about two of the four coming back, I just think that will give us a big thing. You know, if you're a player and you can, you can spread out wide to Luca Dean or you can give out wide to Hammers. I just think it gives you the, like, the way we used before balance. It does balance the team out again. Um, I think the core will be more central uh, alongside Allen rather than uh, playing as a, a, a shielded right back as a midfielder and Delph was doing the same but I, th- I just think it will give them more of a, a balance um, and pretty much I think they'll let United come at us and then try and catch them again um, where well, as I was saying to the point before when we go down 1-0 it's Alhamdulillah to Newcastle I think we find it very hard to we run out of ideas, but I, I think United will. They have to come at us now, don't they? With the you know the bottom of the uh, table, fifteenth, I think they are fourteen. I think you know he's under real pressure, Solskjaer. I think they've got to come at us. Uh, a lot of players uh, listen to Gary Neville after the game. Uh, oh, Roy Keane, sorry, saying body language like Marcus Rashford wasn't good enough, and Pogba was strolling round, and I think he'll put a rocket up up them now. And I think they've got to come at us, which I think could suit us. Because we're just sitting in our shape, and then I think we'll catch them. You know, exposing Luke Shaw. I don't see why he's at Man United. How he's at Man United? Um, Harry Maguire. I think we owe them one, don't we, from last year with the goal that wasn't given. Um, 
But it would have been an ideal game with the fans there, wouldn't it? With the, the two performances we've had, that would have been a real good game to, to, to go to. The fans would have got right behind them. But I, I think we'll let them come on to us and then we'll try and catch them personally because um, I think United have to come at us kind of thing. Uh, but it'll be a good game, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the United are 15, which is amazing, really. You know, yeah. they're, they're sitting in the, in the bottom half of the table. No one's sitting here thinking, you know, you know seven games in, they're looking, looking on over the shoulders kind of thing. But it's surprising that they are where they are when they put in performances like like we see against PSG and like like uh, Leipzig. And you think, you know, they, they've got, like I said, the talent that they've got at their disposal is, is unbelievable. But you see players, the, the likes of Pogba, who, like you said, can store around, around the pitch. Maguire's had a had a tough a tough few months with obviously personal things and things have got off the boil a little bit. So the, the, defensively, especially that that is their weak point. The Haya is hit and miss. You know, a goalkeeper who a few years ago was touted as one of the best in the world, and he he seems to have quite a few a few mistakes uh, over the course of the season as well. Uh, but what do you do? You think we're going to go back to to the four three three with the return of of Luca Dean and uh, and Hammers on on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I think he will do with those players at his disposal. It'll be interesting to see if he plays off the left, whether he will maybe go with Anthony Gordon. Um, judging by today, the fact he didn't come on as a sub, it'll probably be unlikely. Um, you know, he might play um, potentially a Wobie in that position, but I just don't like a Wobie playing out wide. I just don't think he suits that position at all. Uh, and it's not getting the best out of his abilities. And as a result, we, you know, a lot of us in the fan base come down hard and. But United, I agree with what you've all just said. They are a very funny team. Um, you know, post lockdown when we came back for the for the sort of restart of the season, they were probably one of the best teams in the league. You know, they, they went on a hell of a run and got in the Champions League. Um, you know, that was obviously their carrot that Solskjaer gave to him. and said, "Look, let's go on a run here." And you know, with Bruno coming in in January, he almost single handedly transformed them in, from a mediocre side struggling into a, you know what looked like a half decent side. Um, and we had a great game with them at Goodison, like Phil said, and it was a cracking game that we were lucky not to nick it at the end. Um, you know, not, 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 you know, let's be honest, it should have been given. Um, much like Manage yesterday when he just stepped out of the way so Yossa could put it in. Um, but no, gen- generally speaking, I think United, I've got a few mates who are United fans, and what they're saying now is that they didn't look fit at the start of the season because obviously they'd gone on that big run um, and then they obviously got into Europe. Um, and they have started to look a bit more like themselves, and that's why today was probably a little bit of a shock because they were on a bit of momentum after beating, like you said, Mike PSG. They beat a good Leipzig side, um, but coming up against um, an Arsenal team probably wasn't the best fixture for them today, really, because Mikel has them, you know, playing some decent footy. Yes, they've lost three games Arsenal this season, but they are a def- you know decent team. They're not the easiest team to score against. Um, Certainly the new the new Arsenal under Mikel, but but yeah, it'll be an interesting match. They have got a lot of talent in that team, a lot of talent. Bruno Fernandes, I've just mentioned, um, you know, Rashford's been playing, you know, some really good, particularly in the Champions League. Uh, Greenwood, who looks a real talent. Um, where they've struggled is, is 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 kind of they've been playing like a double pivot, haven't they? So they've been mm-hmm. playing sort of McTominay and Fred, and then obviously keeping Van. That's keeping like the likes of Van der Beek and Pogba out the team. But then what they did in the Champions League, they almost went with one, or they did actually go with one guy and played Pogba in, in, in the starting line, didn't they? They tried to do that today. And it didn't quite work for him. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what he reverts to because weirdly, they almost get the best out of 
certain players like Bruno when they don't play the likes of Pogba um, and um, and Van der Beek, who I think is a top player, by the way. You know how he's not getting in that team at the minute is a bit of a mystery. But they obviously feel the balance is right by playing McTominay and Fred in there or a Matic. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. We do need to sort of we need to stop the rot, don't we? Be going into that international break. If we if we lose that game, that's three losses and a draw in that little window between two international breaks. And the most frustrating thing from today is obviously look at the table. If we'd have just managed to nick that today, you know, we're top of the league still, and that keeps you that key word momentum going again, doesn't it? Whereas if you know, you know, going into that United game now, we've got to get something out of it, otherwise we're going to drop down maybe into sort of seventh or eighth. It's getting quite tight there now. We could easily find ourselves, you know, going from first to maybe eighth by the end of the end of the um, you know this little window of fixtures. So it will be an interesting match, um, and I just hope we can get something out of it. Like I said, but you know they've got a lot of talent, and we just got to hope that we just turn up on the day. Prediction, Lee, what do you think? Um, if everyone's fit and Hammers is back. Um, I'm going to say score, draw. I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, I'm still sulking, so I'm going to be really sensible. Say 1-1. One, one. And just, just to add a little tinge of misery, Cavani's not scored for them yet, so he's going to bag. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be his, uh, his Chris Eagles moment for Cavani on that, uh, that day, that's for sure. He'll score one goal for United, and it'll be against us. Still... Time Cavani's ever been mentioned in the same sentence as Chris Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> what are you about him again after that game? Yeah. I'll go, I was same as Lee. I'll, we can see too many for me, which is worrying again. Um, 2 2. I'll, I'll, I'll go give us a point. Yeah, 2 2. I'm going to complete it with it with a one all as well. I think it'll be a draw. I just don't see. I, I, I think it, both, both sides are probably closely matched. In the best 11s, I really do. We're quite, we're quite tight there. Uh, we're, we're a couple of players short. Um, they're a decent side for me, better than what the table says. But I think, yeah, I think a one-all one draw um, for that particular game. But Phil, I'm going to leave the final word to you because if people don't know, you, you're doing another crazy, crazy charity yeah. thing at the moment where you're running about 3,000 miles, aren't you, across the, across the, course, <laughs> the course of the year. So something ridiculous. Well, let, let everyone know about uh, what, what you do at the moment. Yeah, um, basically, basically after my uh, previous uh, fundraiser, uh, Mammoth from Newcastle to Bournemouth, uh, virtually, I'm doing another one, again, for mental health and all this lockdown and obviously being a teacher and things, I see a lot of it in the children I deal with and it's and the families and it's very difficult at the moment. So uh, it's 10k a, a day for a whole year. So we're starting the 1st of September. Um and it's obviously the first November today, so I've been going for two months. Legs are fine, fitness is fine, probably the fittest I've ever been. Um, but strange enough, it's my neck, which is a, uh, which is the, which is uh, very sore. Um, again, tension, keeping your head still. Um, but again, it, it, it's fine because if you, th- my best ever ten k is like forty two minutes, which is all, all right. So, but doing it over a year, I'm doing it between 52 and an hour and 10. And it's basically an hour's exercise a day. So when people do say like mammoth things and crazy, it's it's like an hour fitness a day, really. I know it's no rest, but I try and... So if I do it tonight, for example, I won't do it first thing in the morning. I'll give myself enough time to recover. 
Um, but it's going all right, yeah. So I, I, personally, I think I'll do it because I'm, I'm that well drilled, but it will be a hard one to do. Most massive credit, and, massive credit, mate. I don't know how you're much. doing that. Yeah. Thank, thank you, thank you, Dave. Some feet that. Yeah. You have knees like Nikita Yelovich by the end of yeah. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so it's so I certainly couldn't do. I, I don't think I could do a do a ten k a week to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm, Mike, I'm built Mike, for speed. Mike, we, need a cry, we need a cryo chamber, son. Just, just to get you. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I know. I'm I'm so I'm like um, a slightly younger version of, of Frankie Fredericks. That's just <laughs> what I'm built for. That's what I'm built like. I remember him, Frankie Fredericks. <laughs> Andrew Meade specialist, Oh, and 200. He had it all. Thank you, Fredericks. Make no mistake about that. Absolute legend. <laughs> I know we had that uh, athletics, that fella. Well, no, Phil, yeah. that's off to you, mate, because as I say, it, it's, it's a fantastic thing that you're doing. And we, we, we retweet, obviously, when we see you tweet yeah. about it because you give us a daily update. And yeah. the links are on there for anyone who obviously wants to donate as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a worthy cause and, and, and good luck to you, mate. I'm sure, like you say, you, you've, got, you've got the... The, uh, the mind to do it and the mindset to do it and that's 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 probably after battle I think with this kind of yeah. thing but, but best of luck to you mate and we, we will check in with you over, over the course of the next um, 300 days or so for that yeah that you keep on going for that's for sure um, but Phil thanks for coming on the show mate really really enjoyed the chat despite the uh, the defeat no thanks very much it's always a pleasure I've, I've listened to all the time lads it's a uh, me hat trick ball this I think my third one so I made up I made yeah, maybe- up for that. In in the post in the yeah. post we get we we'll, get we'll your, sign uh, it for you yeah yeah <laughs> S- sign some deco ball coming your way hundred <laughs> percent some deco ball <laughs> see if you're ten again there sports target um, we we will be back next week uh, post Man United um, we were looking Jake Ball England cricketer should be on the show fresh from his uh, his twenty twenty success with Nottinghamshire to break down the uh, the United game. So we, we look forward to that. Um, thanks for listening and we will catch you next week. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.